What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Geno Time Podcast here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We are brought to you by Bet Online. Tom Westrom here with Nicole Yang and Chris Grenham. And today we are going to talk about a, a man who had absolutely nothing to do with Chauncey Billups getting hired as the Portland Trailblazers' newest head coach. That's right. We're talking about Damian Lillard. Apparently, a little upset with Blazers fans who are a little upset with him for apparently being the linchpin behind uh, Billups' hire. Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports reported, and Chris Haynes is very tied in with Damian Lillard. Um, he reported that, that Dame uh, might be so upset with the fans that he could request a trade. Uh, what do you guys make of this report? I think the Celtics, it's inevitable that the Celtics are thrown in considering their guard situation, but it is objectively funny how Damian Lillard is kind of going about this. Like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. I definitely didn't say I wanted Jason Kidd and then I had a good relationship with Chauncey Phillips. That could not have been me. We'll get into the fit, but he's making a lot of money. You're probably going to get going to have to get rid of Jalen Brown. He's going to be at the end of his extension, 33, 34 years old. Tom, you mentioned this in our group chat. I think it really comes down to what Jason Tatum wants in terms of the Celtics role in this and if the Celtics want to make a move there. But my first reaction was that's a lot of money and it's going to take a lot to get him. I've always been intrigued by like what Damian Lillard was going to do with his career because he's a very good player, obviously. He, like most players, wants to win a championship. But he made the mistake of like proclaiming his interest in like winning in Portland and being a one-team guy. Once you do that, I I feel like that's just like a death sentence sounds aggressive, but just like a very unfortunate thing for him to put out there because with the Trailblazers, he's not going to win a championship. So he's either never going to win or he's going to look like a hypocrite to fans. Now I feel like he sort of recognizes that and is trying to manufacture some sort of situation where it shows like, no, it's okay that I'm leaving because I'm upset at you guys. Like this situation arose because of you guys. And now my opinion has changed. And now I want out because of the fans. I think like it makes sense. Like Damian Lillard is a good player. I'm sure he would, he also seems to have garnered like the respect of players across the league. I'm sure there's several people now that are like, oh, like Damian Lillard might be available. I would like to have him on my team. In terms of his relationship with the Blazers, I guess the Blazers fan base, this could get kind of ugly. Yeah, when we were talking before the pod, I mentioned that it kind of, this has the feel to me of a, um, like Kyrie saying, if you guys will have me type situation where Dame is like, I want to spend my entire career in Portland. If you guys will have me, like, like trying to give himself <laughs> that little, like, they were the ones who got really mad at me about Shotzi Billups. I'm leaving when actually, I mean, Damian Lillard, like every other competitive superstar in history wants to win. And I'm sure he's hit 30 now. I'm sure he's looking at the rest of his career and thinking to himself, like, okay, what's Portland's, you know, window for a championship? What's the pathway that they can follow to build a championship contending team? And there just isn't one. Like there isn't a path for the Blazers to be a title contender with Damian Lillard on the team. I'm sure he knows that. I'm sure his agent knows that. I'm sure everybody in his circle is telling him that. And yeah, Dame probably doesn't want to get to the end of his career and be like, man, like Kevin Garnett spent all that time telling everyone to go chase a championship because the first years of his career weren't worth it. Am I sure this was worth it? Like, it's impossible to blame him for that. If he was going to get to this point, he probably shouldn't have said, I want to be with this team. You know, I'm not like those other guys. I'm not going to run from the grind. He probably shouldn't have said all of that stuff. But at the same time, I'm not going to sit here and blame somebody for their priorities shifting. It's like it just happens. Like, and yes, I mean, 
I'm sure Portland fans will, will be very mad at him if he does like demand a trade and if he does leave, but like, I mean, come on, like, like any professional person has had like, at least like the thought, like maybe I should change careers at some point or another. Like it's, I, I don't know. I find that or change locations at the very least. Like I find that very hard to blame Damian Lillard for, even though I get why fans might look at it as a quote unquote bad look. I only think it's just the way he's going about it is kind of yes, correct. It's very ridiculous. Funny. Like I don't have any problem with someone's priorities changing, but the fact that he's like, this is not my doing. You guys are doing this to yourselves. You're taking away your own point guard. So not my fault. Like that's the part that's like, yeah, it's probably not a great look, but I don't have any issue with guys. Like careers are long. Priorities change. That's just the way it goes in pro sports. Yeah. I get why fans are upset, but like I personally don't really take issue with it because the number of times that I've said, I'm going to do something and then don't do it or do something completely different. Like we just obviously hold these guys to a different standard because they're public figures and everything they say is on the record and documented. So it's so easy to be like, haha, like old takes exposed, but like a regular person goes through like those thought processes. The number of times like people renege on things that they say, like that happens. So I think we can like all cut those guys like a little bit of slack. Yeah. In retrospect, maybe his team probably should have warned him about like the consequences that could come up if he does make these like grand declarations but here we are and like I don't think anybody could have forced I mean actually there definitely are people that could have foreseen this coming (laughs) but here we are and the Blazers are nowhere near title contention and Damian Lillard though is still like at the peak of his career so I totally understand why we've reached this point just to read some of the tweets in case people have missed them. These are from Dame himself. Somebody said that this hire is on Dame. They, you know, the Portland was always going to hire exactly who he wanted. You know, they put out names like Becky Hammond and, and Mike D'Antoni to cool off some of the backlash. And then they hired the guy who they were always going to hire. Dame said, really, I, I was asked what coaches I like um, of the names that I heard. And I named them. Sorry, I don't know their history. I didn't read the news when I was seven to eight years old. I don't support those things. But if this is the route you want to come at me, say less. Um, he then later tweeted, sometimes it's not the people who change, it's the math that falls off. And then he quote tweeted somebody else who said, I'm sorry for the hate you're getting for the higher aid. And he said, you don't have to be. People are going to keep hating until sorry don't help. So he's pretty clearly good. setting himself up. Yeah, he's, he's, that, that mask tweet is chef's kiss. <laughs> so I think we all probably agree to an extent that Damian Lillard is probably going to ask for a, a trade at some point. Who, who knows? But it, it sure seems like that's kind of the direction that this is headed. Let's talk about the Celtics fit because obviously the Celtics are going to get brought up. They do have the pieces to go get Damian Lillard if that's what they decide they want to do. Whether or not that's what they decide to do is something of a loaded question. So what do you think? Having had, you know, a, almost a month um, since I guess the, the first Lillard, you know, Celtics thing kind of cropped up a little bit. I mean, wh- where are we at now? I mean, I don't think it's changed in that there's no way they can trade for Damian Lillard without giving up Jalen Brown. Is Dame better than Kemba? 100%. Do I think Dame is going to have availability issues? There are no signs that point to that, but there are also no signs that pointed to Kemba having the problems that he did at the end of his Celtics tenure. So there's a risk just in the fact that he is aging. And I think by the end of his contract, if he does get traded to the Celtics, he'll be what, like 34 and making $54 million. Like you're basically now having the same issue with like a giant contract for a point guard. Now, if Dame's 
stays at peak performance, that's no problem. But it's whether you're confident in that. And also at the end of his contract, that's when Jason Tatum will be making his decision as to whether or not he wants to resign. So you pretty much have to win a championship, I would imagine. It it is a tricky situation, but I think it ultimately comes down to whether you would want to give up Jalen Brown for Damian Lillard and how that decision would impact Jason Tatum's future too. Yeah, I think that latter part is key. What do you think Jason Tatum would rather have when his extension is up? Does he want a 34-year-old Damian Lillard at his side or does he want a 28-year-old Jalen Brown at his side? It really could go either way. I'm not, I really don't know. Damian Lillard is a phenomenal offensive player incredible shooter, incredible guard to play alongside. Those teams would hypothetically score a ton of points, but you know, longevity isn't as good. That's just a fact. The longevity with Lillard and Tatum just isn't as good as it is with Brown and Tatum. But if you're the Celtics, it has to come down to Tatum's priority because I think no matter the situation here, if we're talking about Bradley Beal, if we're talking about Damian Lillard, if we're talking about anything, the priority has to be keeping Jason Tatum around and keeping him here. And so you get him involved with the decision, whatever you have to do, you, you got to make sure that whatever decision you make is cool with Tatum because the priority here is keeping him around. Now, if I'm thinking about it myself from a team perspective, not necessarily from Tatum's point of view, but I, I think having a 28-year-old Jalen Brown with a little more upside than a 34-year-old Damian Lillard might be a little more appealing. Damian Lillard is a smaller guard who doesn't provide as much defensive upside. I, I don't know. I I just think it would be a tough pill to swallow if you did get rid of Jalen Brown. I don't know. But there's a lot of Celtics fans saying yes to Lillard, but don't touch Jalen Brown. I don't really think that's possible at all. No. Yeah, I, I agree. And something else I go back to is our conversation about James Harden. I think there are a lot of similar elements here. One, Damian Lillard and Jason Tatum, like who do you double team? Like that's obviously a stronger offensive duo than Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, no matter how no matter how much Jalen Brown improved last year. And so if you can have like Evan Fournier or like supporting cast members around them, that's like a pretty good offensive team for sure. Yeah, I think the Harden comparison is is really interesting because Harden and Dame are basically the same age. The big difference and the, the really interesting difference to me, I think Harden is a much better player. Dame has much better documented playoff success. <laughs> Say whatever you want about, you know, narratives and about rings, Twitter and all that stuff. Like Dame is clutch as hell. Like he's just a bucket when the game is coming down the line and like that I mean, I don't know that I think that's pretty interesting for a, especially for a Celtics team that has said, you know, we want to get back in the mix. Now, to Grenham's point about, um, you know, what does Tatum want and, and what would Tatum want at the end of that Lillard contract? I think the really interesting question is, would the Celtics win the title? Because if they win the title, one, everything is worth it. And two, at that point, when Lillard comes off the books, Tatum is going to be a draw. Players are going to want to play with Tatum. And if the Celtics have won a title, Tatum is probably happy and is probably perfectly willing to stay in Boston and recruit. I mean, Tatum is... Like Tatum is cool, right? Like he's got like kind of this like it factor. He has his own chips, Tom. He's super cool. He has his own chips. But I I do think like Tatum kind of has this like, you know, even despite his, you know, less than enthusiastic like press conferences and his like, you know, not particularly thrilling commercial appearances. I I think, you know, guys around the league really respect him. Exactly. He's cool to guys around the league. And that's all that matters. That's what matters. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The quotes he gives us literally don't matter at all. 
So, I'm, and then, of course, you look at it from the other perspective. And it's like, what if the Celtics don't win a title? And then Jason Tatum is in Lillard's position almost, where he's looking at his career and he's saying, you know, okay, I, like I could convince somebody to come here and play with me, or I could just go to Phoenix and play with Devin Booker, or I could go any number of other places that will probably have contenders at that time. That I think is the really concerning thing about a Lillard trade specifically. The other thing that that I kind of point to, if the Celtics trade Jalen Brown for Damian Lillard, like Jalen Brown is gone forever. Like you just, like, I know that's obvious, but like, like you just don't have that 24 year old all-star wing anymore and whether you want Jalen for the long term where like you're hoping to build around Jalen and Tatum together or whether you're wondering maybe a year from now Donovan Mitchell demands a trade out of Utah or whatever it is maybe there's a guy who's going to be a little bit more on the Celtics timeline and maybe equally impactful or close to equally impactful you know with Dame I mean Bradley Beal is closer to Tatum's age than Damian Lillard is like any number of these guys, I think I think Lillard would be risky in a way that just doesn't necessarily make sense, given that Jalen is really freaking good and that you might want to see what this team looks like next season instead of trading for a 31-year-old who's going to be making $50 million in three years. I think this looks kind of similar to a lot of the draft discussions that we have. Do you want to bet on the high ceiling or do you want to bet on the higher floor? The higher floor might exist, very well could exist with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, but that ceiling is significantly lower. You bring Damian Lillard in, who's just a perfect pick and roll ball handler alongside Jason Tatum. You don't know who to double team if you're an opponent. Like that ceiling is really, really high with that offense, especially if they keep Evan Fournier around. That would be the major, major benefit there is betting on that high ceiling. And does that help in Jason Tatum's mind that the Celtics are pushing for it in the short term and they're going to bet on Lillard? That, that could. Maybe he doesn't want, we are diving into the brain of Jason Tatum, which we know nothing about, but would he be upset that they were just content with sticking with Jalen Brown? Because if we're being realistic here, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum as the one and two, they can't win a title. It's not going to happen. They could get close. They have gotten close, but it's just not going to happen. And so do the Celtics want to bet on that higher ceiling with Damian Lillard? It's certainly an intriguing prospect. I'm not quite ready to say that there's no chance. I think that as constructed, like if, if Rob Williams doesn't get any better and the Celtics like don't improve their bench at all, you know, then, then like, or if their bench only improves like incrementally, certainly. I, I do think that those two guys, especially if Tatum takes another leap, there's something there. I don't think it's likely. Like, I, yeah. I think that's fair to say. Like, I think they're, they're really, really good, but yeah. I just don't think they're at that next level to compete with the top tier teams in the league. Yeah, for sure. It's literally that question. Do you think the Celtics could win a title with Damian Lillard and Jason Tatum? If your answer is yes, then go for it. If your answer is no, then there are so many reasons why you should not go for it. I think it really boils down to that. And I think that the high stakes nature of this particular trade discussion is why the Celtics should probably avoid Tatum for Lillard. Or, uh, obviously Tatum for Lillard. Also Jalen. What a package that would be. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I think that the high stakes is why you don't do it now. Because I think there are other players who could come available down the line who, like, the discussion might be more interesting for. Like, maybe the floor isn't quite so low in right. those situations. But, like... The floor with Lillard is so low. Like, Very low. So wrong. Um, and if I'm the Celtics, I'm just too scared of that personally. And I feel like it's not even the short-term floor that scares them. It's Jason Tatum leaving that scares yeah. them the most out of anything. Like, okay, if this doesn't work out, then Jason's probably going to be out of here. In that situation, you've lost Jalen. Yeah, and then yeah. you're sort of starting from the ground up again. I think we should note Brad Stevens has shown no indication that he plans on moving Jason. Jalen Brown. In fact, he's shown all the indication that he plans on building around Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Now, that being said, like, of 
course, that's the message he's going to be pushing right now because those are the two best players on his team. He has been pushing out the right messaging, which is these are our guys. We're doing whatever we can to enhance them. Yeah, like you said, that's no for sure indication of anything. I also think that it helps that it sounds like both Tatum and Jalen were on board with Ime Yudoka as the as the coach. So it's like, like yeah, he, I'm sure he did consult Jalen. Uh, I wonder what would have happened if Jalen had been on board, but Tatum hadn't been. Like, if that was the case, I don't think Yudoka would have been hired. So um, I'm sure it helps that both guys were like, yes, thumbs up. But yes, I mean, certainly the messaging has been, um, you know, this team is going to be built around Jalen and Jason. And again, that makes sense. Two really talented young wings. Like, that is a perfectly reasonable message to put out there that I don't think anybody is going to, push back on like yeah you should build around two talents like that I wouldn't be surprised if Brad just wants to be patient and see like what other superstars might become available and which superstars might fit better with the Celtics timeline which superstars might be best friends with Jason Tatum like I think there are other possibilities that will come up later down the line and like you sort of alluded to also about Brad is setting himself up to have that flexibility so I would be surprised if they like mortgaged that for this risky move Everything Brad has said since he's taken office, if you want to say, would lead you to think that he's probably not going to take a risk at this right off the bat. Maybe somewhere down the line, maybe it becomes available later on, but I just don't really see it coming to fruition. It would be a hell of a move if he came in and did that right off the jump, but I just don't see him, like you just said, mortgaging that flexibility that they seem to covet so much. Interestingly enough, both Damian Lillard and Bradley Beal will be on Team USA this summer with Jason Tatum. And Jason Tatum and Damian Lillard were in communication before they each made their decision, according to Brian Windhorst. So, huh. That was a a quote that I wanted to highlight. Lillard was also in communication with Boston Celtics wing Jason Tatum, who put off his decision on Team USA for some time after the season ended to evaluate his offseason priorities. Now, maybe those two exclusively talked about Team USA. Maybe that was all they spoke about, and uh, maybe not. (laughs) Maybe they talked about chips. Maybe they talked about chips. Maybe they talked about the joys of getting money back from Rakuten or whatever. The, the only other thing that I thought was kind of funny, I did see uh, this Twitter user, uh, mpleasing72, tweeted out a trade package that I found very funny. Um, in it, the Celtics acquire Damian Lillard and Norman Powell. In it, the oh. uh, Blazers acquire Tristan Thompson, Evan Fortier, Carson Edwards, Robert Williams, Romeo Langford, Grant Williams, Aaron Neesmith, the 2022 uh, second round pick, the 2028 first round pick, the 2026 first round pick, the 2024 first round pick, the 2028 second round pick, the 2021 uh, second round pick, and the 2022 first round pick what was the username m pleasing 72 brad needs to hire m pleasing 72 <laughs> right now right now just throw the whole roster except for jalen smart and jason give them everybody i don't care that was uh that was pretty good <laughs> in fairness there were like three good players on the celtics this year all right so do we want to throw our packages together uh, yeah all right so we're not going to do a draft but this is still going to be our shades on beer company segment so normally it's a Geno time draft. Today, we're just going to put together our trade packages for Damian Lillard. If it were to happen, this is going to be sponsored by Shades on Beer Company. If you're a Celtics fan in Rhode Island, go check out the Shades on Beer Garden and Tasting Room in West Kingston. Geno time should be out pretty soon, actually. But for the time being, there are plenty of other great beers at Shades on. So if you're a Celtics fan, really anywhere in New England, keep an eye out for Shades on Beer Company products and check out their beer garden and tasting room in West Kingston, Rhode Island. So let's release 
release our trade packages. I got to fire up the trade machine real quick to make sure yes. the salary can work here. Well, I'll, I'll start things off. Um, I'm going to do like basically as team friendly for the Celtics as I can come up with within obviously some semblance of reason. I'll, I'll go back to, to our guy M pleasing 72 on this one. The Celtics get Dame and Norman Powell because otherwise like the contracts actually really are kind of difficult to match up partly because Dame makes so much money and partly because like, again, the Celtics just kind of have all these mid-level deals, but Mm -hmm. going back to the Blazers, I have Al Horford, um, Marcus Smart, Rob Williams, and Aaron Neesmith. And then you would have to add as many picks as the Blazers wanted. The idea that the Celtics could just throw picks into the deal until they have Smart, Lillard, Tatum, and Brown is just like kind of ludicrous. Like That's what happens in 2K though. <laughs> that's what happens in 2K. But, you know, like that's just like, obviously I don't see that happening yeah. in any scenario. Like, and I mean, I don't see any Celtics trade happening in any scenario that excludes a guy that I'm sure you guys are going to um, include in the deal. But if you were going to try to do it, like in, in this scenario, you know, the, the, the Blazers would get Marcus Smart, who I think would be a really good pairing alongside CJ McCollum. And I also, and they also obviously get some youth. Um, Neesmith and Rob Williams have both showed a lot of promise. Obviously, there are some some issues with, you know, Horford and Rob uh, being like the two best centers on the Celtics. So they would have to figure something out there. Maybe they can get Daniel Tice back. But one way or the other, that's uh, I think that's as friendly as I can get. And even that one, I mean, there's there's just no chance that that deal happens. Somebody would top that. Yeah, I but I do think in terms of throwing together hypothetical trades without Jalen Brown, that's not a bad batch. I don't think any trade without Jalen Brown is realistic, but that's as close to realistic as you're probably going to get. The, the thing that I, I would I would say about that too is like the, I don't think the Celtics would do that deal because well they would definitely do that deal that deal would be risky for the Celtics because they would be trading picks that would then be beyond Lillard's yeah you know it hurts him once he's gone if he yeah like once he's gone exactly like if if the whole thing blows up and he's gone and Tatum's gone all of a sudden those picks are really valuable and the Blazers are just like thank you twenty twenty seven you know uh, let, let's bring it on but anyway yeah so that's that's that one. Okay, so mine includes Jalen Brown, and it is Damian Lillard and Harry Giles for (laughs) Jalen Brown, Tristan Thompson, and Peyton Pritchard. So Fast PP gets to go home to Portland, just a kid out of Westland. (laughs) They get to offload Tristan Thompson. According to the NBA trade machine, this increases the Celtics' projected wins by six. And decreases the Blazers' projected wins by eight. That's a pretty good one, I think, because it acknowledges that, like, by trading back, one of the things I think is a little underrated in this, by trading back Jalen Brown, the Celtics would be giving the Blazers something like, you know, an incredibly valuable player who is young, who is under contract for a while. Like, he can be your building block. Jalen Brown and CJ McCollum might help you stay relevant, like in the playoff chase. Like that, that team is good. Like that's a, that's a, that's a pretty solid basketball team. And so in doing that, I think the Celtics could look to offload Tristan Thompson. Like they could try to send something else along that they don't really want that much. So yeah, I think like that, that's an interesting one to me. And I think it touches on something that is kind of interesting about potentially including Jalen in one of these deals. So I tried to be as realistic as possible with these. And both of my trades came out with the exact same analysis that Nicole got. Negative eight wins for the Blazers and positive six wins for the Celtics. One of them, I have Dame going to the Celtics alone. And then Jalen and Romeo going out. Now, I don't know if the Celtics want to part ways with Romeo at this point, but I think he is 
more valuable uh, to other teams than a lot of the guys that you could throw into some of these deals. So I think it's a notable name to throw out. What are your reactions to that one? I'll, I'll go to my second one after. Well, so that was what I originally had. And then I was like, wait a second, I want to get Harry Giles too. <laughs> rearrange some things. So the other one I had, I don't think is nearly as realistic, but I have Jalen, Grant, and Carson going to the Blazers for Damian and or Damian Lillard plus CJ Elby, just to throw in another young player in there who I actually kind of like, but that's uh, besides the point. Those are my two packages. I think the Romeo package is significantly more appealing than Grant and Carson. Again, I don't know if any of these are appealing to the Celtics at this point in Brad's tenure. I just think going back to what Nicole said earlier, I think they value that financial flexibility a hell of a lot. And I don't think this helps with that at all. I I tend to lean toward Nicole's package as one of the more realistic ones here, because I do think the Blazers are like, if if the Celtics put Jalen Brown on the table, the Blazers are not getting a better package offer from anyone. Right. Period. Like they just are not. Jalen Brown is the best player, the best fit, the best everything that the Blazers could get. Like, I don't think the Celtics would have to give up Romeo, like just because he's good or just because he's intriguing. Like, I I do think that there could be a little bit more back and forth that could benefit the Celtics if they were willing to put Jalen in the package. Now, I don't think that makes it worth it for the Celtics for all the reasons that we previously covered, but but I do think that's the case. I joke about Harry Giles because I like him and I think that he's a great quote, but Harry Giles and Jason Tatum are also best friends. Super good friends. Yeah. And they've been friends since high school. Like I've actually written, I mean, Tom and I have both written a story about this, uh, about their friendship. And it's maybe not to the same extent as Bradley Beal because they are like childhood friends. But I would say Harry Giles is a close second in terms of like Tatum's NBA friends. So I think that that now is Harry Giles enough to like keep Jason Tatum in Boston without winning a championship? Not sure, but that is a bonus in my opinion, if you are going to do this trade to bring in Harry. I don't think we've told this on the pod before, but it was very funny. Uh, a couple of years ago in Sacramento, Nicole and I, we were both on the road and we both had basically the same story idea, which was let's ask Harry Giles about Jason Tatum. We worked for different outlets at the time. And we went into the locker room and re- I think I'm remembering this right, Nicole. Um, one of us said to Harry Giles, like, Hey, can we ask you about Tatum? And Harry Giles at the top of his lungs goes, fuck Tatum. <laughs> he was perfectly pleasant. And then in at summer league later that summer, I had a great conversation with him about Grant Williams, who they're also really tight. So I think Harry would actually be a good addition to the Celtics locker room. I'm sold. Get him. I'm sold. <laughs> Let's do it. And if you ask Tatum, like he says that Harry is like a beast. I mean, Giles was a problem in high school. He was yeah. so good. He was so good. He was and, so good. Uh, you know, I mean, in the, in the small amounts that he was available. But yeah, I mean, you, you certainly, in the, in the little little bits that he was available, I mean, I saw, I know a lot of people compared him to like, like a modern day Chris Webber. Um, yes. I thought that was always a, a pretty good comparison. Really good player. Something else that I saw floated actually was a potential CJ McCollum trade to the Celtics. You could obviously retain Jalen. You're probably giving up Marcus Smart and something. But what are your thoughts on that potentially happening? I don't like it for what you'd have to give up to get CJ McCollum. I don't like the upside there. If you're going to give up a significant package, I'd be more willing to make a strong push for Damian Lillard than I would CJ McCollum personally. CJ McCollum is a really good player. I'm not as, that's not as appealing of an addition for me. The situation in which I could see like the CJ McCollum thing being interesting is if the Blazers traded Lillard to, you know, a team and got like six first round picks and were obviously going yeah. into rebuild mode. And then they were like, you know, the Celtics really came along and were like, Hey, what do you think about, you know, 
Pritchard, Neesmith, and a couple of firsts for, you know, for, or, you know, a first or something like that for CJ McCollum. If that was the, you know, I, I mean, money-wise, I don't even think that would work. But if the price tag wasn't like Marcus Smart and then, you know, the Celtics are, or even, you know, if, if the Celtics like put, like if they re-signed Fournier and then used Fournier to, to, you know, to trade for CJ or something like that, if they saw CJ as a big upgrade over Fournier, like then, then maybe, but like, you know, trading one of like the core pieces for, for McCollum, I, I think he might be a little overrated at this point. I personally, I would not, I think he's been propped up a little bit by how, you know, otherworldly good Damian Lillard is. I'm not like, I wouldn't be overly sold on it. Also real quick, one more sidebar before we wrap this up. How does Neil O'Shea still have a job? No idea. I don't like going after someone's job. I don't like, I'm not trying to get him fired or anything, but third time you've gone after somebody's job on this podcast, Grant. I don't like to go after somebody's job, but Neil O'Shea doesn't deserve to have a job. <laughs> I don't like to but actually, what the hell? Neil O'Shea and Scott Brooks really should be working together because they're Okay, both- yeah, okay. I take back not wanting to go after Scott Brooks's job. I meant every word I said. So. <laughs> I mean, I feel like because they made the playoffs with like a small market team, if you just make the playoffs however many years in a row. You sound like the Wizards. You sound <laughs> like the Wizards. They really loved themselves some Larry Hughes back in the day. <laughs> All right. Well, we could probably call it a pod before Grenham goes off the rails here. Uh, <laughs> thank you, everybody, for uh, for listening. As always, uh, thank you to everybody who's left us a rating and a review. If you haven't already, please feel free to do so. Um, if you have any comments or concerns, you know where to find us. And we will talk to you all again later this week.